0: Tuning into the meditation conversation, hop on over to cara.goodwin.com. You can get a free 10-minute guided meditation right on the homepage to help you experience deep levels of peace. I also have lots of resources to learn meditation and to support your practice. And of course, by supporting those services, you are supporting my work, including the production of this very podcast, to assist more souls on their path to awakening. Thank you for your support and enjoy this episode. Hi there. So, I'm going to do something a little unusual compared to how things normally run here at the Meditation Conversation. And I'm going to do a little intro on my own before we dive into this special episode. So, it was such a joy and an honor to connect with Lowell Johnson. His story is captivating, and it's a it's very, very expansive, and I am so delighted to be able to explore this with him. He's a really special being um, here at this time. So I've broken this episode actually out into two parts because he and I had so much to dive into that uh, the episode goes way beyond uh, simply his his uh, captivating story of, of visiting Telos um, and I I kind of have part one as some foundational and background um, information and part two is when we really get into Telos itself and his experience there so um Hopefully you enjoy both, but just to kind of give you a little bit of a lay of the land, and it's unusual for me to break these into two parts, so I just wanted to kind of let you know why and what you can expect from each one. So without further ado, Lowell Johnson. Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin. And today, I am so excited to welcome Lowell Johnson. Lowell has spent the majority of his professional career as a hospitality executive, but he always yearned to know more about spirituality, and his wake-up call came in the form of a TIA, or a mini-stroke, in 2015. Since then, he's been experiencing life from a multi dimensional perspective. His activations have been rapid, and what's revealing as his sole purpose is remarkable. Lowell is now aligned with his gifts as a light worker, and he's had amazing experiences, including one on, or should I say, in Mount Shasta. And we'll get into that today because it's just mind blowing. So,
1: welcome, Lowell. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Kara. It's good to be here. I don't know how meditative this is going to be in the end because (laughs) there's a lot of information to unpack. And hopefully, people that have some ideas of some of the things we're talking about, perhaps this will help them give a little more clarity or at least identify a source that, you know, if you have questions, um, I'm here to do that very thing. I was prepared, gifted with knowledge that I'm not quite sure where it comes from yet. But I know that it's been tucked away for a while and all of it's been activated. So uh, I still surprise myself from time to time with the things I hear myself say. But I know it comes from a place that's not foreign to me, except Mm -hmm. today. And whatever triggered information, whatever key was provided by somebody along my way, they unlocked that. And it's never meant for just me. I get Mm. it. It was designed for everybody to hear. I'm just like a first pass emissary, if you want to see it that way. Mm. And I look, I didn't start out with that. It it wasn't my intent to find spiritual paths. I've always been curious about it and I've held fast to my sovereignty for all my life, uh, but didn't really understand the reasons why. Now that the conditions for me to experience unusual things have lined up uh, and the more I see myself allowing that information to come my way, the more is revealed.
0: Mm. Well, I love what you're saying as far as the, you know, helping people to understand and maybe they already have a little bit of a framework or maybe this is going to provide more of a framework. I would also just highlight that there's the intellectual piece. And I think in our discussion today, that may we may be stretching people into like, the you know beyond the comfort zone or beyond what they think they know and there is that's where our growth is where we start to expand ourselves and it's like okay this is new let me feel into it or it may not be new for people but I know when I first heard your story it was new for me i mean you were talking about places i'd never heard of i didn't know you know the 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 even really very much the lore around your experience, much less that there were, that it it was reality. Um, but there, so there's like the piece for your intellect where it's like, okay, let's stretch the mind and let's kind of expand upon the knowledge that you already have. But there's the energetic that runs through it as well. And so that goes beyond The linear mind and the way that I kind of feel or or feel into it with this conversation is that there are the words that that, you know, you can take in and absorb and let that be like something for the intellect. But there's stuff that's bypassing the intellect as well. Um, that is just as important.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you made that correlation because it's a good place for us to begin. There's some fundamental information that people should consider. um, And once you have that in place, then you can build your knowledge upon that. So when you, I don't know if you consciously did it or you unconsciously were doing it when you were telling me that you were feeling into those things. That Mm -hmm. is exactly the difference and the way that you can communicate with those pieces of um, other dimensions that we're totally unaware of. We always want to understand things from our human little perspective and the limitations that our brain has. We, we've con- been conditioned by our family and our friends and church and school and hobbies and all that all of our life. So that's what we know. And the people we learned it from, that was what they knew. So it wasn't that anybody was doing anything wrong. and it wasn't that there was a direction that they were going, The people were doing the best with what they had to work with. Now mind you, everybody, whether they realized it or not, including my parents in the realms before that, which were all you know kind of trained as a group, failed to understand that we're individuals and we were meant to have individual journeys. We weren't supposed to march like soldiers, like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Our piece of the universe is unique and we have a special gift and the day will come when you're going to be called upon to do that for the collective to you. Mm -hmm. It's the simplest thing you've ever done. And to the rest of us, we marvel because it's not what we do. That is what makes all of us together. When we consider what we can do as a group, now you understand the culture that I've been able to visit and what I can see. So when they talk about this idea of the law of one, they live it. (laughs) But there's lots of other aspects that have spawned over time for me to understand about those beings and what form they are and You know what we have to look forward to there was a lot of things that i had to sort out and over the last two years it's been like the most intense college cramming i've ever done yeah i constantly get downloads now in preparation for the next thing Uh, and it's not that still in my human brain i still want to understand it within these capabilities well there are things that we have at our disposal That We just don't have the capacity to do that. Over the last three weeks, there have been new revelations and things that I understand. Mm -hmm. I've heard, first of all, light language, which I've been corrected to to refer to it as star language. I had heard Mm -hmm. it a few months after my first incident in Mount Shasta, and I was starting to talk to people about it. I was introduced to a person named Cindy, and she was a friend of a friend. And in this Zoom session, it was kind of, Lisa said, um, Lowell, this is Cindy, Cindy, this is Lowell, have at it. And Cindy started to speak a language I didn't understand, Hmm. and for a while. So as I was listening to it, I didn't know what to do with it. I'd never heard it. I don't understand it. So in my mind, I'm just supposed to tuck it away, and later on, it'll reveal what it meant. So let's go to three weeks ago now. I get an unsolicited message from Cindy, and she knew that I was in preparation to go to Shasta. She was due to be there about the same time, and she was here to deliver some messages. They were in the star language again but i could tell this time that there were different cadences and different when she would stop to channel it they weren't all the same Now i don't know mm. how i knew that but there was something about the vibration of what she was saying and the tone it, it, it was just different so i could tell this wasn't necessarily the same whatever source it was it wasn't true Well, afterwards that got validated for me (laughs) when I was (laughs) unconsciously preparing for an interaction with light beings, a physical interaction with them. And all the things that led up to that, I had been shown some artifacts, amazing artifacts. Three of them were ceremonial pipes, um, One was a medallion, one was um, uh, a a portable time machine. But within each one of those, each one had different codes and graphics that was inscribed in all of them. And so I, first of all, rarely does anybody get to see any of this stuff. Much And you were
0: seeing it in the physical?
1: I was holding it. Wow. I was about to use those ceremonial pipes to go on a journey to open up my ability to see more. Mm. Anyway, I had taken photographs of them as well, which I was kind of curious because as I was snapping pictures, I was just waiting for the person who possessed them to say, you can't do that. Because mm. I had seen other images she's shown me before and what she explained they were blew me away. I'd never seen them. When I asked how old they were, she goes, I don't know, 30,000 years old or so. She had acquired them because she had been given the coordinates of where to find these things. They weren't all in the same place on Earth. So she sent people out on her behalf to find them and um, told them that you may find other artifacts wherever these things are. You can do what you wish with those, but these I need you to bring back to me. Um, I think she showed me those to get my attention. She had been at this place where we had met, and I didn't know her before that. Uh, I didn't know who she was, but clearly she knew about me. The day before, uh, she had shown up with a group of people. She has some students that travel with her all the time that assist her, and then she has some colleagues that have been following her. and one's a psychologist that had heard about these things that happen around Kumu. And for 10 years, she's been studying and following them from a professional perspective and seeing things that, you know, people can't really understand and explain. Uh, But Kumo also has the ability to capture these dimensional images with a phone. You can Mm. point your phone at the same thing she can, and she can capture things that are happening dimensionally, which is what she needs to So that first Friday... um, She had been taking some pictures that toward the end of the afternoon and um, apparently had been calling in some light beings near uh, some plants on this deck I had been sitting on all afternoon. And um, after she must have had this dialed in, she said, I want you to come over here and stand behind here. I want you to put your arms up around it and I want you to chant these ileomes. And so I did until I started to feel silly, and then I just stopped, and I turned around, and apparently she was done. Well, we went inside the house out of the sunlight, and she began to show me the pictures she'd taken. Oh, my God. The first four were light beings that clearly were here inside these plants. And then the pictures she took of me, and there were two that I saw. The first one, this light being had entered my third eye and had come out the back clearly. And then the last one was like multiple beams of light into the back of my head, showing me where I was getting my download. Now, I know that all sounds silly, but you can't deny pictures. And that's what this was about. Um, When she, (laughs) when I had time to digest that, I went back to think about it all because she didn't explain what she was doing. Clearly, after the fact, we'd figured out that Mickey, who owned this property, uh, he and I were both invited to go on this journey together. So Friday, when I was there, when those light beings showed up, that was the end. She left after that, and I thought, well, oh, that was interesting, but I don't know what to make of it. The next day, because I'd stayed that weekend, I got a, we got a call in the morning that she was coming back. She'd be there around noon. No one knew why. It led me to understand that Friday was some kind of a validation. Had I not passed whatever condition that those light being set up, there was no reason for her to come back on Saturday. But she did. And then when she did, she took other pictures. Mickey has an Andara spiral on his property. And we were invited toward the end of the afternoon after. She showed us these amazing artifacts to stand down there, and then she photographed what had happened. Uh, if you haven't seen them yet, I'll make sure that you do because on the yeah, website so that you could. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't understand when she left what any of that was about, Kara. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's come clearer now that those were just preparing me for what was about to happen two weeks later in Shasta. I was going to be there to present at a conference, and she was going to be there the week before as well. So there was a few days overlap that we would get to meet with one another. And she took me on a couple more journeys where I thought I was a tag along. The first day we got to see one another, it wasn't until Friday that week, and she was due to leave the next morning according to her original plans. We finally had a chance to sit down for about 45 minutes and get to know one another because all this had come around and gone. uh, And I really didn't know who she was, uh, but I learned who she was that day. In 45 minutes, I found out that she's a hybrid. Mm. And her father had been a soldier back in the, I think, early 50s. And once there was... Evidence and scientists had, wherever they had harvested alien DNA, they had an idea that these beings had abilities beyond our own and, of course, wanted to see, you know, how can we take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. So without knowing, um, Kumu's mother knew nothing about it. And until she was about five years old and started to display some abilities that no others, did, these people didn't have these abilities. Um, She had communications with higher beings that others did not. So she was put into a program with other children who came Mm. from other places that had similar abilities under the same circumstances. She has kind of lived her life under the radar. She doesn't want to draw attention to herself. She doesn't work for the government, although she's done work for them. When they've mm-hmm. come up with phenomenon that Gay can't understand, they've asked her to come in more than once to see if she couldn't explain the phenomenon. Sometimes she could. Sometimes she couldn't. But make no mistake, she's been here busy clearing negative energies that's her job that's what i understand all us light workers jobs are and when this physical interaction between myself and the light beings that was the kind of baton that was passed it was low understand now you're an alchemist from way back you understand this is how we muta- transmutate negative energy into light.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: now carry that capacity inside of you. And it's your job not to be the only one. You're the first one. And you're going to show how people do it next. But that was that sensation I will never forget. Because I, my TELUS experience, I knew about as much about TELUS as you did going into it. What I knew about it was I had read, I think, on a cover of a book, Walking Through Mount Shasta. Other than that, um, I had spent some time going down the Atlantean timeline and that rabbit hole to understand my role there. And you can't really do that without understanding in Lemuria that kind of uh, preceded it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, since then, (laughs) uh, last week in... All of this change that was taking place, I had heard from, and then we'll get to your questions, because this was the last thing that blew me away. As time goes on, your, your confidence kind of wanes and waxes over time. Did yeah. I really see that? Did I really do that? Well, when I was with Sh- in Shasta, I had heard a few days before that from a guy who had been traveling. His name is Adam Rickus. Adam's a filmmaker from Australia. And he's been going around the world and recording extraordinary phenomena. And along his way, he ran into um, a young man in India who had been channeling higher beings and Lemurians among them. I had seen an interview that he had sent me on YouTube, he had done with Sam. And what <laughs> uh, it was the first time I'd heard. Well, the second time I'd heard my name uttered by somebody else in a YouTube video. And um. he was asking Sam. He had this curiosity because he understood that he channeled the Lemurians. He had questions about it and he wanted to know more. That he had heard an interview done by a guy named Lowell Johnson, who apparently had gone to Telos. And what can you tell me about that, Sam? Well, Sam began to explain that he realized that when he was channeling the Lemurians, that oftentimes they would say they were broadcasting from... Tell us, But he admitted, you know, it wasn't anything. I can't tell you what it looks like. I can't tell you. I, I didn't ask those questions, but in a future session, I will. Adam made his way to Shasta. When I heard from him, he was making his way from Croatia to Mount Shasta for a two day overlap we would have. So we would get to meet face to face. And when he did, he had asked me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, willing to reach out to Sam and see if you know he's got anything he can channel for us. Is there anything you'd like to ask? Well, nothing really came to mind, but I was sure curious about what they would say about me, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Sam, um, there were three queries that were played, posted, and I want to get the last part right, so bear with me while I do that. Adam wanted to know Three questions he had. One of them was, could Adam in the next week visit Telos? And the answer that they came up with was, um, Adam's permitted to visit Telos anytime astrally. Now, it's not like just because you can get into a meditative state, you're invited to come. So, this was significant. Um, they went on to explain that Telos was created from a crystalline grid, which certainly aligns with the things that I understand about it, talked about um, what was important to them, and he had asked what their technology was like, and Sam kept drawing lines between consciousness and technology, and his conclusion that there can't be any creativity. You can't have technology without consciousness, because consciousness is what serves creation. So then the last part, and I'm going to read this because I transcribed it from the video, it went on to say, now the other query which relates to any information about Lowell Johnson and how he can assist with ascension. That was the last question he asked. What can you tell me about this guy? And so this was the answer. The entity known as Lowell Johnson, as we can sense, is primarily trying to work for the attainment of more freedom in terms of consciousness and free will, and has been in contact with us through its inner self many times since our vibrations match. It can ascend, it can assist in the ascension by transferring our information, which primarily does not exist in the form of your language, but in the form of vibration, which can be transmitted and translated by its mind in a pure form, for allowing the people of Earth to understand fully our information, much like this channel is performing. He was related. He was referring to Sam. Mm-hmm. Not wow. so unnerving, when you hear your name come from a channel, from, right. from an Australian filmmaker and an Indian, Indian channel.
0: channel. And yeah. all of a
1: sudden, they know who you are and what you're doing here.
0: Yeah. Wow. And then just how they're talking about that, Vibration, you know, that's coming through underneath it, and the the vibrational match, which I know is important for the story of how you ended up and tell us. Well, thank you so much for taking us through that.
1: Yeah. uh, The more I refer back to it, I have a greater and greater appreciation for what happened that day. Mm -hmm. And at first, it was just this miraculous thing that had happened to me out of the blue. When I was wandering around off trail in the Shasta forests, I was really hoping to run into an ascended master, that if there's that kind of knowledge to be gained, it's not that that hadn't happened in the past. If you really understand that St. Germain was no legend and that he came out and met Guy Ballard in the 1930s and had exchanged all this information, and left Guy, I don't know how many books he wrote after that, nine, ten, maybe more, on the topics of things that St. Germain had given him. Well, it resonated with so many people that that became a society, and until Guy passed along, it grew geometrically. Mm-hmm. Now, this wasn't a cult, and it wasn't any kind of religious thinking. It was just your mind already has the capacity if you'll just allow these thoughts to enter and you let them sink a little bit, because it's not like things assimilate with me immediately. It always takes a few days for the dots to connect and for you to understand what you've been shown and the reasons Mm -hmm. why. It just takes time. And some of it takes even longer than that until, you know, a year later something happens. And now, oh, my God, the light comes on and you understand it. Not for yourself so much. But in order to be able to explain it to others, really, that's the challenge. Mm. Um, I get it. And I'm the toughest person you're ever going to find to convince about anything. I'm a Capricorn by nature, and I need due diligence. So when I was talking about the amount of time I was cramming to learn things, it was every time I saw another rabbit hole, I needed to understand it for myself and then use my discernment to decide what's true, what's not true. But here's where the vibratory nature of things comes into play. It goes beyond language. When I was talking about, um, star language that I now seem to be able to understand, and those artifacts that had codes on them that now I can interpret, some of that, our language fails, as was pointed out in that last channeling. Um, They don't articulate to us, the Lemurians that were being channeled, in our language. Mm -hmm. They do that in vibration. And once you understand the vibration, then you can understand what they're saying. Now, they're certainly benevolent, loving beings, and they want us to understand it, but we fail to vibrate at their level today. Now, there are those of us who have awakened, and we can. So here's the challenge on how do we help others understand that, given the nature of their little 3D structures and I don't want to say they fixation in the things that they understand. All I can do is invite you to just be open. If you believe that your dreams are just dreams, I'm here to tell you differently. Those are experiences mm-hmm. you're having, whether you realize that or not. Those are timelines you're going down unconsciously. And because you're so busy in the third dimension with your phone in front of you, you fail to recognize the things that it's trying to show you. And if, Any time was important to get it. It's now. We're so close to the shift taking place that all this is being presented to us in preparation for that day. The idea that Earth is going from a third dimensional kind of construct into fourth dimensional, um, it's right around the corner. I know people that don't understand it are feeling changes in our environment here. And if you've been paying attention to solar phenomenon, you understand what's coming at us and what's about to change us. But we understand that humanity takes form through the fifth dimension. Sixth dimension and higher, you no longer require physical form, but you certainly can. They're all light beings. We're light beings. We're just cloaked right now in this carbon form. But even as this is taking place, and the changes in the planet that's taking place to rise her consciousness, we are being bathed by that same photon energy that's coming from our central sun. The age of Aquarius was marked by the beginning of new processions. There are three of them, and they all kind of synced up all at the same time. So as of 2012 and really more like 2016, our entire solar system now is in this enhanced photon plasma belt that feeds our sun, which just modulates it to everything within her solar system. So the sun, and if you've watched her activity, is starting to spike in different ways we see results of cmes and mm-hmm. coronal holes and if you're watching that which i've been watching it for the last two years so i could understand the phenomenon you see what this is so yeah. let's put that into perspective we're all energetic magnetic beings we if you understand your body is that then you can comprehend chakras and when you look at the planet She's no different. She's an electromagnetic being as well. We, if you look at the way she's constructed, she was, well, I'm going to start down another rabbit hole and I should stop for now. Okay. (laughs) And describe uh, where earth came from, what she started as and what she is now and the critters that are on her.
0: Well, and when I, um, before I had heard of your experience, I understood Lemuria as an ancient race and that, you know, predates even what we accept as mainstream history. Um, a lot of people may even not, not accept Lemurians as a, uh, you know, real and <laughs> that they really existed even, you know, because it's so far back. Um, so how, how Can you help people to under to reconcile that? Like, wait, if, if Lemuria existed, it was like eons ago.
1: 300,000 years ago is what I've been led to understand. But let me frame that in first. We measure things in linear time. They don't do that. They see beyond that, but they are different beings altogether. So, um, Ask me the question once again so that I make sure that I zero in on it because we're about to go down another rabbit hole. Okay, basically, it was.
0: Well, basically, so you're saying that Lemurians exist now.
1: Yes. And
0: so, how, how can people reconcile that if they see them as like an ancient race that then is no longer here?
1: how did they okay. end up in the middle of the in the in middle earth or well maybe it's a good time to set some fundamental information here first so the first thing that we have to come to terms with is whether people understand and and believe in reincarnation or not there is a good place to start because if you don't there's no sense in us having this conversation any further mm-hmm. i know and most people sense that they've had they've been reincarnated so it only stands to reason you've had past lives. And if you get that, you've had many of them. When I resonated with the idea that I could have been a star seed from somewhere else, and long ago it was planted in that I've returned from my Pleiadian persona um, as from a future version of myself who reincarnated themselves here for a specific purpose. Now I understand what that purpose was, that when I was asked at the end of this trip to Telos whether I would consider being an emissary for the day that Earth's consciousness rose to match theirs, and they wanted to reintegrate with surface beings that are here, that I would be on this side to help facilitate that. Well, it wasn't until months after that that happened that a friend that I had met along the way, and he's um, Native American, and he's got generations of families that have lived on the mountain and the things that they've seen and experienced. He said, you know the reason why they invited you in? He said, you're one of them. Well, that hadn't occurred to me until then. And then it was like a freaking awakening. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I was one of them. I had had somebody help me with some past life regressions because I had always been fascinated with Atlantis. Mm -hmm. And then somehow I sensed I played a role there. Well, in learning about Atlantis, you can't help but stumble over Lemuria because that was, it kind of led up to that. uh, But that was another kind of rabbit hole to go down. If I was, Pleiadian to begin with, which I know I was, there's some other dots that need to be connected between Lemuria and that state. That's when I had a greater understanding for what Elysium was and what that was really the first civilization here on Earth. It was what was considered the Garden of Eden, and Earth in its infancy was a seventh-dimensional being. We come from the seventh galaxy of the seventh master sun, and we hold a sun disk from that in the core of Earth. Earth is a star. When she was first constructed, she had, that the form had been here forever. She had been, let's say, an interstellar conveyance byway where when there was travel going from place to place, Earth was a great by-station. Um, during the wars of the heaven, if you want to go down there and just allow yourself that that had taken place, that there was another planet in between Mars and Jupiter long ago called Marduk. And Marduk had been identified to be that life-sustaining place. But it also held, it was about to hold all of the wisdom for the universe, the seventh master's sun is the sun of illumination. That wisdom, knowledge, all comes from that place, and we hold that sun disk in our middle. So when Marduk blew up, it was Earth's turn to decide. And the first beings that came here happened to be scientists from the Pleiadians because they were master botanists. They created the mantle around it and made form um, around inner Earth, which had always existed there. This by station had always been a seventh-dimensional byway forever. They were about to build that out so it would sustain life. And here is where humanity would be begin. After the Pleiadians were done with the mantle, well, then it was time to invite. Um, other plant life and other animals so there were other extraterrestrial in uh, influences that came and if you can believe it many of these things have been parked on arcs that have been moving across the planets for a long time just waiting for the time that they were going to be implemented mm. wow. the scientists who came here fell in love with this creation when it was done oh my god this was beautiful and they uh, petitioned the Galactic Federation to be able to colonize here. That was the beginning. When you hear about the Lyrans coming here to, po- uh, to populate as well during the War of Heavens, their native planet had also become uninhabitable. And they ended up migrating to Sirius, which mm-hmm. was a great spot for them. Uh, And when they were aware of this Earth experiment, because that's all it was, um, they had petitioned the Galactic Federation to see if they could be allowed to colonize here, too. Uh, They were given the permission to do that under this condition, that you understand that Earth is an experiment, and we're going to try this, um, allow sovereignty and free will in humans, and let's just see how it all works out. That started from a seventh dimensional perspective. So imagine the powers that you had and your abilities to command whatever you wanted to manifest quickly. These people had that ability. When the Lirans got here, these were allegedly 20 plus foot beings uh, and they were master architects and master builders. The monoliths and you see that were built and I can only imagine what's really under the earth that we haven't even seen yet. These people were responsible for those things. And if I told you how the pyramids were built, it would blow your mind a little bit more because you really have to embrace the idea that they understood how to manifest uh, and transmute energy into form and out of form. Okay? So if you hold that thought, the material that the pyramids came from wasn't from this planet. Eventually, that came from somewhere else, but in light form. And when mm-hmm. it arrived here, and now we have the rules by which things happen on this planet in terms of gravitational forces and whatnot, uh, they, they had a way of circumventing that. So uh, the best example I've had is when you see diagrams of the king's chamber inside the the pyramid. And above it, there are five different levels inside of that. And separating each level are these monolithic stones that how did they get there? How did they fit so precisely? How did that happen? Well, here's how it happened. They used um, sacred geometry to figure out how that was going to fit. They placed this light form into place and then transmuted it into form. Mm. Doesn't that sound reasonable? Yeah. Definitely, it it makes sense to me. When we realize our capability to turn energy into form later, and right now we're kind of stuck in a place where that's a hard pill to swallow, Mm -hmm. it's exactly what happened then.
0: Mm, wow. yeah that that I mean that does make total sense that the light was there first and then then the, then the matter.
1: They can in. manipulate energy in any way that they wish. Yeah. We just haven't been to a place where we've, we've experienced that as human beings yet. Um, mm-hmm. but the day is coming when those abilities within us, are going to wake up when they say that we're co-creators. What do you think that that meant when we get to be part of new earth? um, We're in, we're about to ascend into the fourth dimension. And here's where, if you believe that I've had different incarnations, I, my purpose here is to evolve and help source learn more about itself. So the lessons I signed up for were put into place in terms of a soul contract. And in this incarnation, here are the list of lessons that I signed up to learn. Some are good. Some are not good. But that's the whole experiment. We're here to understand the contrast between a duality. Good. Bad. We wanted to understand physicality. Here you go. We didn't realize where that was going to put us for so long especially when there are other influences that kept us from really focusing on the good parts of that. So we lost our abilities. It wasn't lost. Let me rephrase. It's been tucked away in Akashic records. We have, and now we're beginning to open that up. Whatever triggers are coming our way are not coincidental Mm -hmm. that we've been given either words or a phrase or something that's triggered something that we already knew, I'm here to suggest we're not learning anything new. Mm. We're just recovering information yeah. we knew from before, and we're right. starting to put it back at our disposal.
0: Right. And it. Do, I think it does feel that way. Like the more and more different activations I've had, it's a remembrance. And it's almost like things come into focus. And it's like, oh, yes. And it's so undeniable that it's like, so obvious, you know, like as these things come together. So, no, go ahead. What were you going to say? That
1: plasma energy that I was suggesting we're being affected by is what is cracking our DNA open.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not
1: that um, there's there are changes taking place at a cellular level because of that. Earth is changing because of that new enhanced um, phenomenon. And Mm -hmm. so are we, because we're just sentient creatures crawling up on her. Uh, She is already in a cosmic cycle to move to the next place she's going. And when I made references to what's in the fourth dimension, it's it's where when we recycle – When we finish this incarnation, it's where we return to. And there we see we're all part of one. We just jump back into a third dimensional lesson to learn some more lessons. But you already know, as well as I do, and most of the people that are going to listen to this, um, our memory banks were erased and we had to go through that all over again to try and figure out who we were along the way and what gifts we had at our disposal. Because Mm -hmm. this incarnation, is the last one for me. I knew that the shift was coming within my incarnation this time, and I'm 68 years old. It's time for this to all manifest. I know to the uneducated, they see this as a cataclysmic event, which for Mm -hmm. older, it most certainly is. But for those of us whose vibration matches that of the planet, we go right along with her. Think of it in terms of a membrane separating 3D Earth, and she's moving through that membrane into fourth dimension. Unless what is on that part of the surface vibrates at the same level, it can't pass through that membrane. So those people whose third dimension hasn't risen to the place where it matches what new Earth is moving toward, they're here to play out different lessons. They're not done with their third dimensional lessons and bless their hearts that they're sovereign beings. It's up to them. Mm-hmm. But there's no room for them in a place where they don't vibrate at the same level. In The same mm-hmm. way that I see things around me because I vibrate at that level, that's where other people are waking up to. And um, podcasts like this are serving people to understand something that they can't really comprehend. And more and more people are being drawn to this. If you're finding your tribe, here are the people that you vibrate with and you understand that those experiences you're having that are remarkable in every way are not something silly to these people. It might not match theirs because our journeys are all unique, but it's something to share to just reinforce within all of us that your ability to co-create these magical things is within our abilities, once we are open to it, they will invite themselves in. And it's happening at such a rapid rate now because that's, I just sense this change is coming quickly and I'm not here to change anybody's mind. We're past that. I'm here to help give more confidence to those who aren't quite sure what it is that they're feeling. Here, let me tell you from my perspective what it is and what my guides have told me to tell you that mm-hmm. what I'm experiencing is going to be you soon.
0: Right. I'm not
1: the only one.
0: Right. Well, and, and that's, a that's beautiful. And I love how it's this whole evolution that we're all going through together. And that, um, you know, it's so important that we have way show, way showers who are, who are kind of familiar and comfortable with these uh vibrations and and what comes along with it what comes with that territory so that as there's greater and greater awakening there are there are resources to say okay this is what's happening you know um because there there could be a lot of confusion otherwise um
1: there's still going to be for a while um, yeah the that- The conditions around people like me uh, and Dave Wallace, who I mentioned, um, are starting to kind of bubble up from the bottom. In the past, I'm sure that most people would listen to either he or I and go, those guys are, you know, from somewhere else. And I really don't resonate with what they're saying. However, now there's too much proof. That you'd have to overcome not to at least allow for the possibility that these things happen. And once you just do that, believe me when I tell you that these benevolent beings that are around us that are here to help us understand it as well, they're going to rally because it's crunch time. And they're going to try and cram as much of this in you so you understand it, so you understand what's going, what you're going through.
0: Right, and that's one of the things I love so much, and why I was so keen to have you on, because you have this a very grounded um, manner to 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 your experience. So it's it is very um, relatable, even though it's it's such a far out story. All right, well there you go. There's part one. Hopefully, you got some expansive information. And um, you get a good sense for the beautiful light that Lowell is. And uh, now I invite you to hop on over and enjoy part two. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love for you to do me one quick favor, which is to think of one person who would benefit from hearing this content. Let them know you're thinking of them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.